tells me, I don't want to stay in A. I want to be in Z. For those of you that weren't here, the whole week from Sunday morning, I told you that there were two areas in the life of a Christian. There's the area of A, like an apple, but it doesn't stand for apple. The A area stands for attacks. It's an awful place, not a place where a Christian should be living, not the place where Christians should be parked out, because this is where Satan attacks you. It's an awful place. And most of you, and me included, we've gone through sicknesses, we've gone through attacks, through trials and tribulations. Amen? Some of you are still going through some trials and tribulations. Wait, now. But thank heaven Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he created an area called Z. Zero attacks. This is where you get your healing, this is where your marriage is healed. This is where you can prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially, in your marriage, in your job, as a young person, middle age, some old blondes sitting around me. Uh, <laughs> you can prosper in all areas. And I don't want to live in the attacking area where Satan attacks you. Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give us life. This area is where we can live. And listen, you might get healed, you might, your marriage might be saved, you might be financially prosperous, and tomorrow somebody gossips about you. Now you've got to fight forgiving them. And then somebody hurts you, then you've got to forgive them. And then something goes wrong now, you've got to live by faith again. And you don't understand why they fired you at your job. Or whatever goes wrong, Satan will always attack you. Jesus said we will go through trials, through tribulations, but we can get to this is where the breakthrough areas, where there's victory, where there's healing, where there's salvation. Maybe tomorrow you find out your son doesn't want to serve God. So what do you do now? Now you've got to start praying again. Oh, Lord, didn't come back. He's a prodigal son. Bring him back, Lord. Get him off of drugs, Lord. Well, you keep on praying until that breakthrough comes. Right. So this is where we should be. Because we've got to have attacks again. But don't park out there. Don't rehearse your problems. And stop talking about the problems and start talking about what Jesus can do. I got to say, stop talking and saying what Satan's doing. Start saying what Jesus had already done for us on the cross. It's done, the battle won. Okay? And I live by that criteria. So on Sunday evening, we said you've got to live by faith. I wrote a book on mustard seed faith, and I preached about you've got to live by mustard seed faith. That faith is so powerful that it will destroy any other fear and worry and stress. And I explained it in the book. Friday, Monday night we spoke about forgiving. You cannot get from A to Z. You cannot get out of an attack and become free. This is a good area for being free, right? If you are bound up with unforgiveness, anger, bitterness, hatred, abuse, rejection. You've got to be be set free from that so you can be free and live free from being a non-alcoholic, non-drugs, nothing. You've got to come out there and be free. And how do you get free? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, right? Where's the Spirit of the Lord? Never shake your finger like this. Say, the Holy Spirit is in me. And where the Holy Spirit is, there is freedom. 
adultery and fornication and addiction and whatever. All right then, it has the Holy Spirit, right? So why can alcohol and drugs rule my life if the Holy Spirit's in my life? Holy Spirit's power is much stronger. We call it greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, but we don't live it. Am I right, Dave? Okay, day one and day two, how many days are there? Any other days around here? And last night we said, you, we need the touch of God. We need the touch of God to save us, heal us, open our spiritual eyes, open our spiritual ears, loose our tongue from impediments, and we got to be, be set free like Lazarus was alive and came out of the tomb, but he was bound up. And we have Christians that are alive and they're in church, but they're bound up by anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. You, you name it. Got to get free from that in, 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 in victory. And I thought tonight, let, let's make it plain and simple. And let's look at the disciples. I went to the book of Acts, where the church started. In the book of Acts. With, with Pentecost. Remember, Pentecost is not a religion. Pentecost is when a day when the church starts. And the disciples and the apostles had a lot of success. What did they do? They were beaten. They were stoned. They were, some of them were sick. Some of them were put in hot boiling oil, John, and came out with no burns on. Some of them were stoned and were killed and were raised alive, alive again. Man, they went through a lot of drama, those guys. But they always ended up in Z. They always ended up in, in, in victory. How did they get there? I mean, they were put in prison. Everything went wrong with them. And before you know it, they'd be out there preaching again. Preaching again. Doesn't matter what happened. What did they do? There are six P's. P for Peter. P1, P2, 3, 4, 5, 6 P's that they did. Can I quickly give them to you? And if we as a church can function in those six Ps, you will see victory in your church, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your job, in your finances, everything. And while I've been touching on this, so I'm taking this together and, and, and um, ending off, like just putting it all, all together. The first P that we can talk about Don't understand me, and you only come here for one for, for, for one service. If you don't understand me, it's okay. I speak English. These guys don't speak English, so don't worry about it. <laughs> the first P that we can look at is in Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen. Everybody knows that scripture, right? All know it. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and do what? Pray. Are you a prayer warrior? Are you praying? Honestly, 
I don't have time to pray. Nobody told you to go into a closet for eight hours and pray. What is prayer? Prayer is communication with God. These disciples, they prayed to God every single day. Jesus got in the habit and every day he went up to the mountain at night, prayed to his Father. Guys, prayer is not difficult to do. Prayer is communicating with God. It's a two-way communication. And not just a one-way, I want, I want, I want, I want God. Prayer is, Lord, this is what I need. This is what I'm asking you. And thank you, Lord, that you will do this for me. And I'm asking you to do it. And if it is your will to give me a nice Chevrolet truck so I can be saved, then, then thank you, Lord. But if you want me to drive an old Dodge and a Ford and I'm, and I'm not saved, then that's okay as well, Lord. But I'm asking you, I want to be saved, so let me drive a Chevrolet. You're, are you getting what I'm saying? You can ask God, but it's not always the one you want. You can pray by thanking God. You can thank God for two, three hours in, in a prayer. Right? You can intercede for people, for your pastor, for your churches, for your country. This country needs intercession. I don't know if you realize it. I came here 20 years ago and I said to, to, to my wife today, we're out of Africa. And 20 years later I said, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm back in Africa. You know, things are going sour yeah, just like in Africa. So we need prayer. We have the prayer power. There is power in prayer. Hey, I told you Sunday morning, if you only pray when you're in trouble, you are in trouble. Have you seen this advertisement that the, the, the older people, not us, the older people, they have this thing around their neck. It's called a, a panic button. So when they fall and they can't get up, they press the button. Somebody picks up the phone and says, yes, ma'am, can we help you? Oh, I've fallen. I can't get up. Can somebody help me? The man will just lie right down there, and they come and they drive and they come and help the lady or the man up, right? Watch out that you don't use prayer like a panic button. Just when you need God, just when, oh Lord, that's something go wrong now. Oh God, you've got to help me now. No, prayer has got to be a 100% communication with God. Listen, I found out that the one number one reason why marriages get divorced, you know why? Communication. Husband and wife stop talking to each other. That's the number one reason Divorces, not adultery, not fornication, not anything else, not fighting, non-communication. Now I wonder how many of us Christians talk to God on a Sunday morning only. Try that with your wife. Hey Penny, that big boy just talks to you once a week when he, when he wants food. You know what you're going to say to him? No, man. Now, oh, now you want me? Now you're talking to me? But the rest of the week you're just watching television, watching football, and no, now you're talking to me? <laughs> now that you want food, what about the rest of the week? You understand what? Boy, they're, they're going to marriage. So slowly we Christians can get ourselves in a divorce with God where we're not communicating with God. Listen, if you have a relationship with somebody, you talk to those people, especially in, 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 in a marriage. So are you on? Aren't you the bride of Christ? So if you have a relationship with God, then talk to him. I don't know about you, but I talk to God like I am a friend of God. I am a, I am, am I not a friend of God? 
Have you ever gone to him and said, God, I'm a bit afraid. I'm a bit worried. And he's going to answer you. It's okay, my child. Just remember one thing. I've not given you a spirit of fear. Oh, Lord, I just cannot handle this and that. Don't worry. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Lord, I'm not feeling good today. I'm really feeling sick. I know, my child, but I, you are healed by my stripes. He's going to answer you. He'll answer you through his word, through a sermon, through music, whatever way. God can and will, and he wants to talk to us. I just think sometimes we are not still, but it's about you know, Psalms 46 says, be still. Be on the scripture and know that I am God. Sometimes we don't come still. We just, what, what, what? No, we roll out our Walmart disc. That's our prayer life. And I stop that. Yeah, you've got to ask, but you don't, you don't have if you don't ask. But I ask God, and then I accept that he's going to do it. I thank him, and then I talk to God. Me and my wife, we drive a lot. My wife prays to God for hours. So now as she prays, she gets in the truck. Falls asleep and I wake her up and said, Hey, you sleeping? No, I'm praying. She said, You lie like a fly, man. You're not sleeping. No, I'm talking to God. No, you maybe did talk to God, but you fell asleep because you were snoring. <laughs> and then I leave her so she can sleep and then I start praying. And I can't close my eyes when I'm driving and I don't have to do something fancy. I just talk to God. I talk to Him like I talk to you, like I talk to my dad. Like I talk to an authority, Lord, help me. You've got to show me what it is. I really need you. I talk to him, and he answers me. He gives me scriptures. In Acts chapter 4, verse 31, in, in, in Acts, look, at, look, look what happened to the disciples. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Have you ever prayed so that the, sh the place where you are shaken? Why, why does the place shake when they pray? Weren't they just fishermen and normal working people like you and I? Was Peter and Paul somebody different than we were? No, Jesus took them off the street. They were people like you and I. How's your faith? Now, it might not be a physical shaking, but I want all my A's shaken off of me. I don't want those A's there. I want to stop praying that those A's, all those attacks Stop shaking and say, oh my goodness, what's happening now? This guy's praying. He's going to get free from it. Why? Because I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. I'm not just going to pray, oh Lord, help me, but I don't know if you're going to do it. I don't know, Lord, are you going to do that? And wonder and doubt and say, no, I'm going to say, Lord, I'm praying and I believe you're going to do it. I'm going to pray the prayer of faith. Listen, God, there is power in prayer. I want to encourage you, get your prayer life in line with God. And whatever you, your aim is, Pray and ask God to set it free, heal, fix it, restore it, remodel it, and then keep on fighting, fighting, fighting the fight, the fight, the good fight of faith, and pray until it breaks through. Pray and believe, and you will receive. But you don't stop praying until you get it. Don't, don't give up. Why are we so, oh, well, I don't know, it's been, 
prayed yesterday that hasn't happened today. Why are you giving up so quickly? Are we a bunch of giving up Christians? Are we spying this in our backs? God, I, I don't know. How can I pray? Because if Satan made me get into debt, oh, Satan made you get into debt? So he took your credit card and swiped it? No, Baba, you swiped your credit card. You put yourself in debt. Pray yourself out of debt. There's a little book by Carruthers. I don't know if you ever want to read a little book. From prison to praise. A guy that praised himself and prayed himself out of prison. He was a Satanist priest. And prayed and prayed himself. Because the next key is praise. These, the disciples didn't just pray every day. Listen, this is normal basic line Christianity what I'm giving you here. You have to pray as a Christian. And you have to praise as a Christian. What is praise? Psalms 34 verse 1 David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually always, every day be in my mouth. And do you have the praise of God in your mouth? We praise tonight and we worship tonight. But praise is giving God praise. Lord, you are awesome. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord. And praising him. Or we'll be only praising him Sunday morning when we sing with Brian or the band, wherever, wherever you go to church, and you praise God. And then after that, you listen to all the trash music from the world. Are you involved in the world or in the word? Do you belong to the world or to Jesus? Do you love the world more than you love God? See, if you do what the world does, then you love the world. Or are you in the middle? Are you a lukewarm Christian? God's going to vomit you out of his mouth. So I don't know about you. I want to praise God. And I want to keep on singing every single day. I want to worship and I want to praise God. If you cannot sing, doesn't matter. Just listen to Christian music and praise God and give him glory and honor. You were created to praise God. Do you realize? You know where Satan attacks churches the most? This area. You know why? Because Satan used to be the worship praiser in heaven. He was the music angel. Lucifer. Right? And when he got fired and kicked out of heaven, God said, who's going to worship me now? You know what happened next? He said, well, let us Create man in our own image. And you and I were created to praise God. And Satan hates you with a vengeance because you took his job. Yeah, we are now the praise and worshippers. And Satan either is kicked out of heaven. Now we are the praise and worshippers. And praise and worship is so important. You remember Jehoshaphat? Second Chronicles 20, Judah, he was the king of Judah, and they heard that the Amorites and the Hittites and the Skittobites, <laughs> all the types that there was, I can't remember all their names, I'm trying to figure out their names quickly. All the types were coming against Judah, and Judah was a small little country. Those Amorites and Hittites and Moabites would destroy them. So what did God say to Joseph? He said, out a prayer day and fast for one day 
Moabites, Amorites, just keep them bites. They all come and attack us. I'm out of here. God said, no, you go towards your enemy and see your victory. Man, when you're in a, in a problem, don't run away from God that can give you victory. Go towards, but, but it doesn't look like we've got victory. They, they, they couldn't see victory. They had all these tights coming against them. They were going to destroy them. But God told them, go. I don't know if you want, I don't want. But you've got to stop praising me. You worship me. So here, there they go. And they worship me. Armies walking walk behind them. And everybody, not a praising worship team, be raised up singers. And guess what happened when they started singing? Let me go read it. The moment that they started singing, the enemy, instead of coming towards Judah, turned and killed each other. So let me tell you something, Ryan, tonight when you started praising worshiping, and when all these people started singing, every demon that was here to hinder or take your attention away, all those demons turned and started fighting each other. You see, my God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what happened then, praise and worship is still so powerful, okay, that if we, when we start really praising God, when you praise God in your car, you can sing and pray yourself out of a lot of problems. Because Satan, okay, and the, do you know why the enemy turns? Ryan a cold. Why, why did you make him feel sick? Why did you break the piano? Well, well then he played a guitar. Well, I'll, I'll break the... That's what they're doing. They're fighting each other. And we just boogie into Jesus. Man, worship and praise is so, so important. Come on. Over and above prayer. Psalm 61 verse 8, David says, So I will sing praise to your name forever. You know why? So that I may perform my daily vows. That means you're going to be worshiping and praising God every single day. I get up in the morning and stuff with a song in my, in my mouth. The joy of the Lord, hallelujah. The shura I just sing. Acts 16, 25, 26. At midnight, Paul and Silas were doing what? They were praying and they were singing to God. And then the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Oh my goodness. You got some chains on you tonight? You got some bad bondages on you tonight? You start praying and you start believing and you start praising and worshiping God and see what happens. That's one of the quickest ways to get out of your A into Z. Because, but I don't feel like praising God. When I had cancer, I was praising God. Why that you had cancer? No, dummy. I was praising God that in spite of me having cancer, I knew God was going to heal me. I spoke God was going to heal me. I believed God was going to heal me. We've been four years now, and I'm six weeks from cancer. But I had to praise myself and, and make myself believe. Yes, it is. I do praise God and worship him in spite of what I'm going through. I don't praise God. Lord, thank you that I got cancer. No, that's stupid. Because God didn't give me cancer. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say, God, this cancer is from Satan, and he wants to kill me. And I'm praising you that in spite of my cancer, you are still God. You are still awesome. I still love you, Lord. And that's what many of us 
Father, what you're going through, you praise God that there is a victory. Jesus' is blood. praising and worshiping, there might not be an earthquake like that happened in the, in, in the prison, but I'm telling you one thing, the chains will fall off you because you're going to feel because then you can do nothing. Steve, I could do nothing against that cancer except believe my God and speak his word and praise him and pray and thank him. That's all I can do. And God, God wouldn't do that. So we can 
day, gentlemen, yes, curbed hay. I was a man. Drugs, alcohol, you name it. Alcoholic at 29 years of age, sleeping with everything that moves. And Jesus healed me. Set me free within five minutes from everything. Finished. Gone. Brand new man. And I can tell a guy that's on alcohol or drugs or sleep pornography, I know what you're going through. And you're going to accept it from me. And I don't even have to quote the scripture. But that is what we should be preaching. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make other disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 15 says, And he said to them, Go into all the world, which you cannot do, but go into all of romantic and fragrance, and do what? Go into and preach the gospel. Tell people, witness about the gospel. Acts chapter 1, well, how can I do that? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You shall receive power when you get saved, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and when the Holy Spirit will come upon you and fill you up, then you will have power so that you will be a witness to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and all of Samaria and even till the end of the earth. Romantic. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me, I said, where are you going? I said, to the end of the earth. I said, where's that? I said, Connecticut. <laughs> Actually, somebody said to me, where is Connecticut? I said, you're a citizen. You don't even know where Connecticut is. Oh, I know it's somewhere in the east coast. I said, look at your map, man. I said, but they're so small. That's the problem with the people. You see, you know, they all think because Texas is so big, wow, keep Texas. But God doesn't work in size. The small little things is a powerful thing. The small little makes a seed. So your little small Connecticut can be a powerful state. If the Christians just rise up and start praying for their state, praying for their government, praying for their people in the area and start trusting God and start praising God that in spite of what you're going through, God can infiltrate the state and change the state and heal and set free and deliver that there can be the revival that there was with Jonathan Edwards many, many, many years ago. If, but you, you have to be together. So the, the fourth thing, so the first, listen, the prayer and the praise, that's double anointing, double power. When you add witnessing to it, now you get people saved and set free. Now you've got a trifold power. Not just prayer by itself, praising by itself, or witnessing by itself. Because when you witness to somebody, ask them to pray for you. I go to Walmart. Somebody walks up to me. Hi, Brother Hansi, remember me? Ah, oh, man. From where? <laughs> oh, from abundant life. I'm starting to think in those imperial places. <laughs> and I can't remember. I was there Sunday morning. Okay, there were more people, so I can't remember. Okay, man. And then sometimes I would say, yeah, I remember you, Brother July. <laughs> so I said, no, man, my daughter, I can't remember you. But if you were there, great. She said, would you remember, this is an old religious statement, would you please remember me and my husband in prayer? And I'd say, Slam my word and then walk away, forget all about it. God said, Yeah, you're lying again. So now when I go to Walmart and somebody says to me, Would you remember me and my husband? I said, No, ma'am, I won't. Then I pray for you right now. Yeah. Yeah. What does God do in your head? In the 
did no praying and no preaching and no nothing, I can do it. Softly I take hands and withdraw. And my husband's got cancer and I've got back pain. And my children are not saved. So I softly take their repentance, the healing of children, touching them, saving them, heal their husband from cancer, touch their back. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Father God. And I said, listen, tell your husband, I have cancer. God came. So I'm witnessing, I'm praying, and I tell her, in me that 
died, I don't feel good. I say, listen, sickness, whatever is inside of me, I can't get out of here quickly. I'm not going to sit up with you. I am a child of God. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You get out of me. Dizziness or whatever, whatever I'm feeling, feel like I'm getting flu. COVID, you don't come close to me in Jesus' name. I, I pray it in authority. But the other power of the Holy Spirit is, we all, if we have the Holy Ghost inside of us, we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. Is that power? Well, of course yes. Love covers a multitude of sins. That's power. Joy? Of course yes. If the joy of the Lord is your Peace? Oh my goodness. Shalom. Peace. If you can live in peace, the word peace, shalom, means wholeness, completeness, healing, deliverance, prosperity. That's what the word means. So if you've got the peace of God in you, you've got power. Gentleness, kindness, goodness. To be gentle and kind and good in today's life, that's power. Self-control. Oh my goodness. What power is that? No, I will not sleep with you. No, I will not listen to your trash. No, I will not drug and drink with you. There's power when you can say no to what any situation Satan's offering you. So that's power. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. Knowledge, discernment, wisdom. If you have knowledge, discernment, wisdom, you've got power. Not a lot of people. My people are perished because of the lack of knowledge. If you have the Holy Ghost, if you've got the gift of healing, the gift of of, of miracles. That's power. The gift of faith. The gift of speaking tongues, interpretation of tongues, the gift of prophetic. That's power. Use the Holy Ghost power. Now you have prayer power, praise power, preaching power. Well, hang on a moment. The preaching power, what are you preaching? The Word of God. What does Romans chapter 1, 16, 4 say? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the Word of God because it is the power of God unto salvation. The word salvation in the Greek means soteria. The word of God, the gospel of Jesus, I'm not ashamed of it because it is the power of God that can salvation, heal you, set you free, save you, deliver you, and prosper you. That's what the Greek word means. So the word of God can heal you, save you, set you free, deliver you, prosper you, make you whole, make you complete. That's why we got preaching. And that's why we've got to use the power of the Holy Ghost. Acts 5.14, the believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes were added, men and women. So that they brought the sick into the street, laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by may fall on some of them. Also, multitudes gathered from the surrounding of the city, sick, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed, not by Jesus, but by Peter. Peter's shadow fell on the sick people and they were healed. Was that Peter? No, that was the Holy Ghost. How did Jesus heal people? Did Jesus heal people? No, he had the Holy Spirit inside of him. Because he was a man like you and I, the Holy Spirit came upon him so that he could show you and I. As a normal man, I received the Holy Spirit and that's what's giving me the power. Well, he could have used his power, his divine power for him. But he chose not to. He chose to be filled with the Holy Ghost to show you and I and the normal going man that if you get the Holy Spirit, this is what you can do with it. And I'm ashamed to say some people are not. Acts 4, 
this point, we are going to pray power. We're going to praise power. We're going to preach the power of God. Right? And we're going to use the power of the Holy Spirit. The fifth P, unfortunately. Now, on, from A to Z, let's say you are sick. You're going to pray. You're going to pray to worship God in spite of what you feel like. You're going to speak the word of God, witness about God's goodness, even though you feel sick. And you are going to use the power of the Holy Spirit, your authority, and command Satan to get out of you so that you can get on and get your victory. But now, unfortunately, on your way from A to Z, there's another P, number five, that can stop you in your tracks, and that's persecution. Because these apostles went through persecution as well. They were persecuted by a lot of people. Many of them were thrown down in stones, thrown in oils, whatever happened to them. They were killed, they were raised up again by, 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 by prayer. And um, listen to me tonight. Other churches might laugh at you. Other Christians might laugh at you, especially when you're younger. And they say, well, what are you, a Jesus freak? Yep, I'm a Jesus freak, so what? What are you talking about is Jesus? What do you want me to talk about? I don't care what they say about me anymore. I know where I come from. I know that I almost killed myself through suicide because of the world, so why do I want to stay in the world? So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to worry about criticisms. They might laugh at you. In other words, you, we, aren't, you know, we aren't persecuted like they do in Sudan and, and in Iraq and Afghanistan. They cut their heads off and stuff. But what are you going to do if tomorrow the government says, all, all Bible, God? What are you going to do? I know what I'm going to do. I have a lot of scripture in here. And they can't take that away. You know, in China, I heard a guy on, on um, somebody sent me a little YouTube video of a guy, that, a, an American preacher that went to China. There were 22 Chinese pastors, and he was teaching them underground um, about Jesus. Preached for two hours and said, okay, guys, but they start at 8 o'clock in the morning. Until 10 o'clock, and said, Okay, guys, let's do it. And they just sat there, sitting on the floor, ice cold rock. And they sat there and said, Is that it? He said, Yeah, preached for three hours. He said, We got until five o'clock. <laughs> we walked 10 miles to get here. You can't do it now. He came all the way from America to preach to us for three hours. He said, I felt so stupid, so I kept on preaching until five o'clock. When he was finished, he said to them, oh, well, hang on now. He said, um, after the two hours, he said, listen, here's a Bible for each one of you. They only had 31 Bibles, and there were 22 of them. So one of them couldn't get a Bible. So the others tore out. One, one day he tore out when he said, go to 2 Corinthians. He tore out the paper of 2 Corinthians and gave it to the one that so the pastor from America said, hey, I've just given you a brand new Bible. Why are you tearing it up? He said, oh, I don't need 2 Corinthians. I know the whole of 2 Corinthians. <coughs> wow, where did you know that? Well, when I was in prison, when they caught me talking about Jesus, they put me in prison for three years, and my friends would come and visit me and give me small little pieces of paper like this, the scripture on it. I memorized the whole of 2 Corinthians. 
72 prophets. What can I pray for you? And they said, please, pray that God will make us and give us the freedom of religion like America has, like you guys have, so we can have church like this so we don't have to go underground and stuff like that. And the pastor looked at him and he said, no. I'm not going to pray that for you. He said, you see, because in our church, people don't walk 10 miles to church. They can't even drive home. In our church, people don't sit on the floor. They have to have few uh, chairs and nice socks. If there's no chairs, people won't come. And in our church, if, if, if it's like this cold underneath, people won't come. If there's no air conditioning or no fans or no heaters, people won't come. And in our church, people don't even bring their Bibles to church anymore. I'm going to pray that our church becomes like you. And that makes so much sense to me. You see how they persecuted. We are, the only persecution we're going to go through is your family might mock you or laugh at you, especially young young boys and young girls. Taylor, Taylor, Sierra, they might laugh at you. Oh, come on, man, you guys go to church. Come on, young girls. That's our persecution. Our family might tell you. Family laughed at me after I got saved. But listen to me. Peter says in 1 Peter 4 14, if you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you. For the Spirit of glory, the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of glory and of God, the Holy Spirit, rests upon you. On their part, he's blasphemed, but on your part, he's glorified. Matthew 5 11 and 12 says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted your prophets who were before you. Second Timothy 3.12, Paul said, Yes, and every person who desires to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. And But, can I tell you something tonight? Persecution never stops the power of God. Persecution can't stop prayer. Can't stop the word, can't stop praying, can't stop the power of the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, persecution shows what the power actually of God is. Because you'd have people turn to a pole and then they put a fire underneath and they're going to burn to death and they shout out, Jesus, we love you. And they can't understand how people that are being burned to death can still cry out to God and still love him and still praise him. The power of God is shown through persecution. Persecution makes you and I stronger so we can survive. Look at those people in China. But pastor said to them, what happens if they catch us here? So they said, well, you as the pastor of America will be sent back and all of us will go to prison for three years. And they still came. So he said to them, how many people are in your underground church? So they looked at each other and there are about 22 million people. They have underground church of 22 million people where some of them don't have Bibles, but they get the Bible from somebody and they learn a whole chapter, all of Hebrews, the whole of 1 John. And when they get together, they can't walk around with Bibles. They, if they see them, they put them in prison. They're going just walking around and they go into the underground church. And you know, 
Did you hear how they worship? Or saw? Hallelujah. This is how they worship. They all sing. There's no sound coming out of their mouth. If they're singing, but they hear them coming. They're all standing and they sing a song, but they sing it loud. Not at God, not at nobody. God is in control. Are you a 
encourage you whatever you go through. What we did this week, please forgive people. Get set free. Live by faith. Walk by faith. Faith is what moves God. Because you've got to have faith in God. Okay? So make sure you forgive people. Let God touch you every single day. And then you stop praying and praising and speaking the word of God, preaching. You use the power of the Holy Ghost, man. And it doesn't matter what persecution you go, you make sure that you'll get, you become overcomers. That's how the church has acted, and that's how they had success. And if they can do it, 